The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And we're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And finally, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. No DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 128, I believe, if I had to look it up, we're getting uh, so high, it's um, I'm losing track of the numbers here. Thank you for coming to the podcast, I would be your host, uh, I'm trying to think what I'm going to go, what name I'm going to go with this week, I think uh, my name is Jeff, T- uh, what's my name again, Jeff, um, Tuliulin? Something like that. I think that's what my name's going to be this week. So, um, thank you for coming to the show. We talk about MMA and how to gamble on it. One of us is good at making picks. The other one, mm, not so much. He seems to have slipped back into his his old ways. But we'll get to that in a moment. Um, hopefully, you're listening to us on our direct feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. If not, make sure you give that a subscribe so you can get us in your ear holes. The second the podcast drops, rather than waiting for uh, it to go out on the SGPN feed. Obviously, subscribe to that one too to listen to our other amazing podcasts there. Um, let's bring in that um, the the half of the duo who forgot he's supposed to make winning picks uh, for fights. Um, he formerly was known as King Gumby, but King Gumby's not dead. R.I.P. Rest in peace, King Gumby. Um, King Jeff uh, is in is in charge now of this <laughs> this year podcast. Um, instead of being known as Gumby Vreeland. He is now known as Busted Bankroll Daniel Vreeland. Hello. Daniel Busted yeah. Bankroll Vreeland. That's better. It was it was a night – yeah, my, my pick's uh, not so hot this past week. But it was a night where there were the, – the margin on the losses here, it was very narrow. Like there were two, three – I'm looking at four or five fights that I thought could have been – with just like one minor adjustment, could have been a completely different fight. This is the man who has a positive spin on pretty much everything. No, but, 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 but again, like, do, do you feel differently? Like that Kaikara France Askar Askarov fight, a, a lot of people scored for yeah. Askarov just like straight up. And, and don't get me wrong, I scored it for Kaikara France. Yeah, I, I scored that for Kaikara France, though. And we'll, we'll talk about, you know, scorecards later yeah, on. You could say the same thing about Barbarina Matt Brown. You could say the same thing about Maggie Griffin. Yep. You could see the same thing about – I mean, we, we wound up getting the advantage in, in Nikolaou versus Dvorak, but, like, you could say the same thing in that fight. Bruno Souza, Luis Saldana was razor close. I mean, like, Chris Gutierrez wins that fight, but, again, like, even though that one's a knockout, like, he was probably losing for seven and a half minutes uh, until he landed the big shot. 
Um, and, and then like some really weird strategy decisions, some of which, some of which worked, including both of the, the main event and the co-main event. So yeah, just a, a weird night of MMA in general. Uh, you mentioned a bunch of my winners there, so don't try to discount my winners here, Dan. Uh, I did good <laughs> last night. All right. Maybe you didn't notice, but uh, I, I did quite all right with my picks. So, um, yeah, we ended up with, with 12 fights because, uh, Dan would have done worse if, if the one fight had gone through because he had a bad pick in that one too. Um, Alexi Olenek and Iller Latifi. Latifi had a back out of that fight for a non-COVID-related illness, which is um, – that's the world we live in now. These things have to be um, – have to be have a, a disclaimer put on it that's non-COVID-related. So hopefully he is all right. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – obviously they weren't going to top the week before UFC London card, but it still was a pretty uh, pretty interesting event. A lot more decisions than we typically like to see, but um, had some interesting results and whatnot. So how about we crack into it before the UFC does its dirty and uh, and takes a week off next week and makes us actually come up with, with actual content. So, uh, all right, before we break it down, let me tell you about WinBet. Are you looking for Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand? Of course we are. Look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties. From classic table games to all the best slots, thrills, and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Set up today and receive 100% first match deposit. Sorry, 100% first match up to 1000 bucks. So 100% first match up to 1000 bucks. Plus, they have WinBet win hour from 2 to 3 p.m., Pacific time, better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where you play through WinBet is available. Sorry, present in the state where play through WinBet is available. Holy moly. Already, I'm butchering things. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 522 4700 and don't forget merch madness m-e-r-c-h madness is still going on over at sgpn look for a sweet sgpn hoodie like gumby and myself then every day march madness games are being played we'll be giving away a hoodie just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merch madness m-e-r-c-h madness to enter that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merch madness m-e-r-c-h madness i forgot to dedicate the episode to someone this episode 128 is going out to my lovely and talented niece who's somehow 10 years old already today so this goes out to you lovely and talented niece all right does she does she typically listen to uh mma gambling podcasts <laughs> no her her, her dad's a de- degenerate so he will definitely be listening to this okay um, he, he's, he's one of the uh, maybe maybe she'll overhear it um maybe he listens while they drive around i don't know um I don't know if she had any. That'd be wild if she was a 10-year-old listening to gambling podcasts. A 10-year-old female that listens to our podcast would be, that's not quite the demo, our typical demo, but hey, who's to say? Who's to say? Um, yeah, the as you said, the uh, main and co-main event was not your typical uh, performances either uh, last night. Uh, in Columbus, Ohio, the nationwide arena where this event took place, uh, attendance 18,630. Gate almost two million, one point nine million. Um, I'll have all that info plus the fighter payouts once the Ohio Athletic Commission releases them to me. I will have that over on my Substack, moneymma.substack.com. So make sure you subscribe over there and get all that info. So uh, pretty good haul for the UFC in the return to the capital of Ohio. See, I know these things, even though I don't live in the states. I knew that was the capital of Ohio. Pretty good, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Look at you. Look at you knowing, yep. uh, knowing, knowing capitals. Yep. There you go. All right. Main event: Curtis Blades. Um, we got the pick right. Like that's the thing, Dan. Even even when you got picks right last night, your analysis for that was was wrong. So you just couldn't win either way, could you? Well, no. Well, um, no. My analysis on the ones that I got wrong was right. The ones that yeah, I, exactly. On the ones I got yeah. right were, was wrong, which is exactly. man, that's a that's a weird feeling. <laughs> we. We had this uh, Bizarro one right, Blades minus 375. I also had the – I had Blades via finish, I, which technically was right. He did finish him, um, just not – he finished him on the feet. Uh, Curtis Blades decided to show off that he could be a boxer. Um, did he throw kicks? I don't remember him throwing kicks. I, should I just call him a boxer or was he a kickboxer? I don't remember I, many kicks in that I fight. think it was pretty much just boxing. Yeah. He was a boxer, and he sat he sat down Dawkins twice, right? He sat him down first, did he not? Um, I, think. I think he wobbled him in the first. You wobbled. Oh okay. no, he might have yeah. he might have dropped him, but it was like a it wasn't like he didn't look super stunned. Right, and then very quickly into into the second round, he knocked him down for good. Uh, Herb Dean made sure that Dawkins ate about Jesus 10 Christ. Punches, so <laughs> maybe not maybe not that many, but when a heavyweight's swinging and, and the other guy's already done for, it's, it seems like it's way too many punches regardless. So he made sure Dawkins was dead before he stopped the fight. 17 seconds in the second round. Curtis Blades did not shoot for one takedown. He did it all via striking, which if you had him as your pick, which we did, probably made you a little nervous because you figured he was going to get, get uh, caught eventually, but no, he, he definitely, this was no fluke. He definitely was the better striker, and he was landing the more meaningful shots. Uh, as I said, he he had Dawkins in trouble both rounds. So um, very impressive performance for Curtis Blades, and we got that pick right. So we'll let Dan Crow a bit because he, he got an actual pick right here. So go ahead. So before we get into that, I, I, you mentioned a name that I had wanted to talk about. I, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if you caught it. He was Getting huge crowd pops. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was he was uh, trending on Twitter. I'm like, oh, yeah. what did he do? What did I miss? But I'm like, oh yeah, it was because everyone loved him because they, they love uh, mayhem and murder in Ohio. Apparently, man, it was man, it was wild. And that that crowd, not not the best crowd. Uh, no, they, they wanted blood. They, they were the uh, just well, the it wasn't it wasn't team. just that. Is they 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 were very they were very anti-Russian there uh, for yeah. you know whatever reasons you want to talk about or not. But I don't know if you you caught it in the Kizri of uh, Tuilulin fight. Uh, they booed both fighters after being announced from Russia, and then they chanted USA like two minutes into the fight. That's so um, not. Like a UFC crowd. That's so weird. You said you don't know if I want to talk about it or not. I totally want to talk Russian politics with you, Dan. Our our, uh, our listeners totally want us to get into that. Because apparently, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i not really for booing fighters from based on where, they're, where they're from, especially if they're not like uh, pro-Putin. If they're one of Putin's buddies, then sure. But if they're just from Russia, I don't blame them for this. But that's as political as I think I really need to get on it. Yeah, how about booing Brian Barberena for beating Matt Brown in Columbus? Yeah, well, that, that, <laughs> I'm fine with that. that that's fine. God. He put guy. on such a show, too. <laughs> that's true. Yes, that's true. All right, go ahead. Um, all right, anyway, 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 anyway we're, we're, off, we're off topic here because uh, Herb Dean got cheered for, which is uh, maybe the most insane thing to have. But no, uh, here's Was it the, ironic, you think? Was that I ironic? Don't think so. I think so. I think they just... I think they think he's good. <laughs> or, or, or did they want to see someone catch a body, Dan, as the, as the bangers say, gangbangers say? Did, that, did they want to see someone they, die in the cage? 
say? <laughs> I think so. I I, I, uh, I learned a new one last night also. My son, uh, when I told my 11-year-old that I was whooping you, he said uh, I was supposed to spam dubs in the chat. Do you know what that means? Spam dubs? Dubs in the, in the chat. In the like, chat. What are you talking about? So, yeah. I'm supposed so, to like, so put a bunch of Ws, put Ws in the, the, the yeah. chat that we were in? Oh. Yes, apparently that's what the kids say. Spam dubs. I, in the I chat. did figure it out there. I, uh, yeah, I, I know. Good you're much younger than I am, but and yeah, spam Fs. If if you lose, you were spamming Fs in the chat, Dan. I was spamming Dubs in the chat. So anyhow, go ahead. I interrupt. All right, again. That, let, let's get back to Curtis Blades because that's that is the actual really interesting thing here. I, I'm really curious to see if he did this just as a way to to make a claim for that interim title shot. Right, because if he came out yeah. here and out wrestled Chris Dawkins for 25 minutes and took a decision, uh, nobody in their right mind would give him a title shot. Right, there are too many contenders yeah. up there. there. There's, you know, there's Ty Tuivasa. You know, Tom Aspinall just made a great claim for one. Uh, you know, we we obviously got Stipe and John Jones and like who the hell would let Curtis Blades in if he he gave us a 25 minute decision over Chris Dawkins? So I think like some of it might be that. But I'm interested to see if, if, like, if you gave him that interim title shot, that I think maybe he deserves. Like, he might be, like, is he the best heavyweight in the world if if uh, Francis Ngannou's not there? Is is he the, the, the best, the most talented heavyweight in the world? No, Derek Lewis is. Derek Lewis beat him. Yeah, okay, so he beat him. But is he the most – that's not what I said. Oh, talent. But it, 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 this it, isn't based on talent, man. knock out anybody at heavyweight, first of all. I'm saying, is Curtis Blades, apart from Francis Ngannou, because I, I do believe Francis Ngannou is clearly the most talented heavyweight in the world, yep, is Curtis Blades number two on that list in terms of talent? No, Stipe, until we see whether he's he's lost – it or not, but he's very close. Stipe and then maybe Serial Gain. So no, he's three and maybe four. Maybe you think five, you so. think Serial Gain is a more talented martial artist than Curtis you know, Blades? Oh, they haven't fought each other, so I, I, I think really Curtis Blades would murder him. I think Probably, Curtis Blades would hurt, to see it. hurt Surreal Gain badly. I actually I'd pick him ahead of Stipe. It, if you posted those odds right now, I'd I'd a hundred percent be on on the Curtis Blades side, and I think he whooped Surreal Gain. Uh, but is like, he going to beat Stipe, who, which is who he seems to be wanting to fight next to Stipe? Do you, do you think he beats Stipe? I think Stipe it's hard, is the, it's hard, eh? I think of all of the heavyweights not named Francis Ngannou, because I'm just going to – I'm going to throw Francis Ngannou aside here because I don't think he's going to fight for the UFC again. I, I think that that's a bridge we don't have to worry about crossing uh, or thinking about. And I, I hate to, like, move forward with the title picture – not mentioning him, but like it's it kind of seems like that's the what we have to do at this point. But like I think apart from Nganu, Stipe is probably the toughest matchup for Curtis Blades. Because yeah. as we just saw with Surreal Game, like his wrestling defense is not sharp. Right? Like not that Francis didn't do some really great things, but like if Francis takes you down that much and holds you down I'm damn sure that Curtis Blades is doing the same bucking thing to you. Uh, possibly even worse. We've seen with Tai Tuivasa, now granted not during this current win streak, but we've seen in the past with Tai Tuivasa him have some real trouble with dudes who can grapple him. Right? Sergei Spivak took him down, arm triangle choke. 
dealt with him pretty easily. I kind of think Blades would too. Uh, I, I like Blades over John Jones, mostly just because I John Jones doesn't seem to have that killer instinct anymore, and I can't imagine him just like pot-shotting and running away from Curtis Blades for 25 minutes. Um, So, like, yeah, Stipe seems like the worst matchup, right? He's got knockout power and decent wrestling. So, yeah, like, it's weird for him to have called out Stipe, too, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, Maybe because he's there in he Ohio? Be- Maybe. You, you think he beats Derek Lewis, do you? I, I, I think he... Awesome. I think... He he is more talented than Derek Lewis, and judging by what Tai Tuivasa did to Derek Lewis, and Derek Lewis being like very tired early in that fight, I I can't imagine a world where like if Curtis Blade shot that takedown on Derek Lewis from their first fight, and Derek or Derek Lewis doesn't perfectly time that uppercut, Blades gets in on the legs. That fight's over. Curtis Blades wins that fight. Because Derek Lewis is down, Derek Lewis has got no energy left, Derek Lewis ain't getting back up. And don't get me wrong, I I know he just stands up, but he just stands, (laughs) who does he just stand up against? Ilir Latifi? He just stands up against Ilir Latifi? How dare you? Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to besmirch the name of Ilir Latifi, um, especially because he didn't give me a chance to see Alexei Olenek, Ezekiel choking from the bottom. Uh, uh, But in addition to that, like, I just think Curtis Blades is the best at keeping top position. His ground and pound, as we saw many times before, is really nasty. I think he just would have one round of him on top of Derek Lewis would have tired Derek Lewis out to the point of no return. So, yeah, like I do think if you gave him a rematch, I think I'd pick Curtis Blades. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I I can't say I, I would – uh, no, I, I probably I would pick Derek Lewis no matter what. So I, 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 uh, I don't know if that, that would be the smart pick. So um, here's a you, here's a better question though. Do you think he gets that title shot? He called for it. He had a yep. damn good performance. He did yep. it in a way that nobody expected. But does he get it? All right. Well, against who? I mean, against okay. against against anybody. Do do I you know. think the UFC will hand Curtis Blades a title shot following that performance? Um, I, my guess would be no, just because he, I don't know, he, he doesn't seem to be a priority for them. I, I think Tuivasa would get it over him, not rightfully, but he would. Jones would get it over him. Stipe would get it over him. Um, I guess that's probably it. Am I forgetting yeah, someone? I, 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 I think, it. I think you're right. I, I think ultimately this winds up being... Because that was my exactly my thinking, is like he, for some reason, doesn't seem to be a priority. And it's probably because, you know, they always want to be able to say their heavyweight champ is the baddest man on earth, right? And yeah. he, he's got two losses to, to Francis, uh, and he's got one to Derek Lewis. And, and ultimately, that keeps him kind of from saying that, especially while Derek Lewis is still around. Um, and Tai Tuivasa just knocked Derek Lewis out. So I think it's Tai Tuivasa and... Whoever comes to a better contractual agreement faster between Steve A and John Jones. Yeah. Uh, one of those two is going to fight Tai Tuivasa. Um, and then we probably see Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall, um, which is not a bad number one contender fight. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Very interesting. Um, all right, thoughts on, on the loser, Dawkins? Uh, You know, it. He he's starting to perform a little bit like – 
first of all, let's let's just get this out of the way. He's 32 years old. So anybody yeah. saying he's washed or, or writing him off is wrong. Um, but he, he's starting to look like I kind of thought he was going to look like in the early parts of his UFC career. Um, like, I, if you had watched him back when he was fighting in CFFC, there were a couple of times where he, like, he looked hittable, uh, which is not good at heavyweight. And granted, you know, he was the one doing all of the hitting in the first four fights. But again, not, you know, the best opponent he had fought going into that main event with, with Derek Lewis was probably Alexi Olenek or depending on you, how you feel about Shamil Abdurkahimov, maybe him. Um, so like he hadn't fought that high level of competition. I think he's probably just like an edge of the top 10 heavyweight at the end of the day, um, yeah. judging based on like how much he gets hit and the fact that like he ain't going to body anybody up there, right? Like if he doesn't land the knockout blow, he's going to be outsized and outbodied by everybody in that division. Cause he's just like, he's a portly fella who can't make two Oh five. He's not like a big heavyweight. So it, it, it's like, I think he's probably just destined to be the edge of the top 10 kind of guy. And it's just not going to happen for him. I, I mean, I, I kind of really wish we could see him just get like shredded and make two Oh five. Cause his body frame suggests he could make two Oh five. Doesn't it? Yeah. You know, like the, it's old Roy Nelson problem. Yeah, and he ain't fat that, like Roy, he ain't fat like Roy Nelson. Let me, no. I mean, like he's big. So do he I ain't have fat to have, like Roy Nelson? I, I have to have feelings on Shamil Abdur Rahimov. You, you said depending on my feelings on him, I don't really have that feelings. On him, <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, really I, guess, have I guess you don't. I guess you don't have that feelings about him. So right. maybe, uh, but yeah, no, it's in of itself a feeling. Exactly. Um, no, I, I I was going to say um, exactly what you said about Dalkus. It's. I think he's probably hit the ceiling that his physical profile as it is now will allow him to reach at uh, in the heavyweight division as it is right now. Um, he's not a explosive athlete and he's uh, not super, like he doesn't have a super powerful physique. So yeah, it's, he's probably, uh, I think we've definitely seen the ceiling um, for, for his, his talent right now. Um, I know he's a big hitter, but everyone is at heavyweight. So um, and it's not like he including has, including now Curtis Blades. <laughs> exactly, and it's not like he has an iron chin, but which no one does at heavyweight either. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's got a body of a journeyman. He, and he is looking like he he may end up with the resume of a journeyman too, the way things are headed for him. Yeah, so we're we're buying stock in his brother over him at this point. You know, I've been up and down on Kyle Dawkins. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like. I thought the UFC should have signed him right off of his contender series win. They sent him to CFFC uh, and let him get a couple more wins, and he came back. And, like, sometimes he looks really good, and sometimes he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. He He's one of those guys, for me, who's just, like, his grappling would make him a, a very high-level dude in a lot of divisions. But the problem is, is he's fighting in a division where, like, he could get outstruck by almost everybody in the division. It's, like, a lot of strikers. So, like, he, he matches up both simultaneously well and terrible with just about everybody in the division, making him yeah. really hard to predict. Right? Like, that, that fight he was going to have with Kevin Holland before Kevin Holland dropped back down. I mean, I guess they, they technically did have it once with a, a clash of heads. It was very clearly going to be like he's going to get Kevin Holland down and submit him or he's going to get torched by Kevin Holland on the feet. So, 
yeah, like I don't know what I think about either of the Dawkins brothers at this point in time. Yeah. They're they're gonna continue to be awful to predict in fights though. Yeah. No, yeah, looking at like the top heavyweights, uh going back to Chris Dawkins, yeah, you, you don't see him ma- like going down these names, I don't see him matching up well with any of these people. Ingano, Miocic, Gain, Tuivasa, Aspinall Blades, Lewis, Rosenstrike. <laughs> Tell me when to stop. Pavlovich, like I, I, uh, I think Romanov. I, I, I like his, those, I like all those guys' stocks over hit over his. I think of the ones you mentioned. Like I, I think I, I might favor him in a fight with with Yaya Rosenstrike, who can kind of be like a tentative kickboxer. Yeah, like maybe tentative, sure. maybe maybe Chris Dawkins lands the big one on that, but he's got a fight both already too. He's fighting Marcin Tibera, um, obviously not this weekend with no UFC, but the weekend after on pay per view. Maybe Yair Rosenstrike off of a loss there matches with Chris Dawkins well. Or even Marcin Tybura off of a loss matches well with Chris Dawkins. Yeah, um, still, we're, we're talking the low ends of the rankings or, or unranked. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just that list of fighters I named, like, he's, like, I, I just wanted to illustrate we're not uh, we're not just crapping on Chris Dawkins. Let's see. The, the division's pretty, actually pretty strong right now with, yeah, uh, it, with younger, younger guys, too. If you go to the edge of like the UFC's top fifteen, though, I think he he kills everybody there. That's the yeah. weird thing, you know. Like he he beats the piss out of Blago Ivanov or Walt Harris yeah, yeah. or Augusto Sakai or like like he's gonna crush all those guys. He's just like you said, not gonna beat you know the the names that you just rattled off. He'll, he's yeah. never going to be that guy without an insane shift in his strength and conditioning program or a cut down to two hundred five. But hey, you can have a very long and uh, lucrative career um, as a heavyweight, um, you know, sitting on the fringes there. So, being a big no sh- fat puncher, <laughs> exactly. No shame <laughs> in that game. Um, all right, so that um, clears up. What was I gonna? I had something I was gonna say about blades. I think I can't remember now. It'll, it'll come back to me, and I'll I'll um, I'll jam it in to a part where it's not uh, appropriate <laughs> on, on the podcast. Hmm, that was not an appropriate sentence I just said there either. If someone wants to rewind and listen to what I just said there, I'm not going to name the episode that. Um, all right, um, this go cool main event. Uh, another fight we got right, but we didn't get the um, breakdown of it correct. Uh, Alexa Grasso did win minus two seventy one. She did beat Joanne Wood, who I am. I'm, if I had stock in her, I, I would have bailed on it a while ago, but I'm definitely bailing on it now. But she did it via grappling, um, which we did not predict. We predicted she would want to keep this fight standing, and she did not. She got a very good rear naked choke on Joanne Wood and put Joanne Calder Woodwood into another loss. And stuff. How many is that? Like four straight, I think? Three straight? Something Three like straight and four out of five. Yes. Yeah, um, but she was supposed to have a title shot at the beginning of that. Exactly. All right, let's that, not be let's not dwell on the negative part. Alexa Grasso, is she she finally putting things together, and she uh, she surprised us with that performance. Well, I mean, I, I think I said it back when she fought Yi Jian Kim. Uh, like, I I think just like her cutting the straw weight, I think was negatively affecting her to an extent where she was not yeah. the fighter we thought she was, uh, and now at flyweight. Right. She is that fighter, and she looks phenomenal in there. And she has in all of her performances. I would also say this. This one's slightly different than the Curtis Blades one in that her game plan matched what I expected it to be. She went in there to box, 
She yeah. countered a grappling attempt from Joanne Wood. She did not yeah. go looking for grappling. Joanne Wood went looking for grappling, and she's like, oh, yeah, you think you want to play this game? And it was over a second later, and it wasn't It wasn't even just like she just caught Joanne Wood in a bad spot. She was technical no. in her, her jiu-jitsu abilities, too. Like, a great, yeah. great take down, great back take. She went for the rear naked choke. It wasn't there. She switched arms and got it there instead. Like, just like very, very, very good technical approach to the grappling game. Um, and hey, did it in under four minutes, which is, um, it, it certainly looks good as far as if she is next in line for that title shot. She might be next in line for that title shot. She might be. Yeah, I, I, I did uh, kind of misspeak there. She, she, she was trying to to strike, but when it turned into grappling, she obviously had more chops than, than we expected. So um, only 28 too, I think. So she's now she's like in the right weight class and, and making, um, making positive moves. Yeah. That's three straight wins, four or five. So um, yeah, like I said, she's unde- unde- undefeated at, at flyweight too. There you go. I think it's the most Spin important. Way, yeah, three, right? and three, they're always, you know, at flyweight. They're always looking for fresh meat for to, to throw into the uh, the lioness uh, Valentina Shevchenko uh, into her cage. I know that's not her nickname. I know that's <laughs> Mandunia's nickname, but but I I think it fits for Valentina Shevchenko as well. Um, and w- which reminds me what I was going to say about Blades. He's only thirty one years old, Dan, and he's a, and he's a heavyweight. That, 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 that was the last point I was going to say. Anyhow, so um, which is which is another not not to take this away from Alexa Grasso again, but like. Which is another reason why I think he's he's probably going to beat the likes of like Stipe or you know yeah. Surreal Game. Like he's young and still figuring things out too. Yep. Like which is scary as hell. Yeah, which is brings us back to Grasso. See, we, we we can we can tie everything up. We like got this episode, episode of Seinfeld. Everything it comes together at the end. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, Grasso seems to be putting things together. It flyweights like a. Like we always say, it's one of our favorite, if not our favorite division, one of our favorite divisions. And she's, yeah, I, we weren't even thinking Alexa Grasso when we were talking about uh, this division. And lo and behold, she could be the next next in line now. Yeah, well, in, in uh, you know, I, I misspoke a little bit earlier saying she's next because Talia Santos is next. Right. That's yeah. a given. But I, I mostly meant uh, Alexa Grasso as a contender for uh, the winner uh, of that fight because – there's a couple other, like, big-name fights in this division right now. Caitlin Chukagian is fighting Amanda Hibas, who's coming up a weight class, um, which is an interesting one. Uh, I know Angela Lee is booked with – Angela Lee is booked with somebody who's, um, like, one of the stalwarts of that division who's just been chilling there. I'm trying uh, to remember exactly who now. Are, are we going to boo her since her nickname's KGB? Does she get booed? Um, probably. Not she's fighting Vivian Arruyo. Um, I got there eventually. Uh, she's gonna fight Vivian Arruyo, and then we have Grasso Wood on this one, and Manal Firo uh, versus um, Jennifer Maya, which we'll talk about earlier. And I'm pretty sure I was just worried. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, I'm talking about a girl. I I I was pretty sure just whoever won the most impressively out of those four was gonna was gonna get the shot. I'm having a really tough time imagining either of those last two fights goes any better than this fight went for Alexa Grasso. Yep. Went pretty much perfect for her. So we, um, we should, maybe we should just end the podcast here for you, Dan. You, you got those two fights, right? We should just uh, <laughs> say goodnight. Say goodbye. I got a couple, I got a couple other fights, right? But not many. 
Yeah, this, we're, we're about to hit a <laughs> six-fight skid of Dan's after I tell you about trade costs. Oh, I, I got Kizriev, too. That, yeah, that gives me five right now. <laughs> yeah, you just wait. You got six L's coming, uh, spamming in the chat, six F's coming up in the chat. Spamming, first, right? spamming in the chat. Spamming in the chat. Trade coffee. I'm, I'm going to spam that in the chat for you. Um, what am I going to tell you about trade coffee? Maybe I should find the actual... Um, not that it's an ad read. This is all coming from the heart. But um, let me see. Here we go. Trade Coffee. They're expert taste of coffee, everyone. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live. 450 different kinds. Oh, my God. They're ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you. And Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Uh, Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. Whether your friends call you a coffee snob or you just know it when coffee tastes really perfect, Trade's real coffee experts personally taste, test over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Because the truth is, what I like and what you like could be totally different. You'll like a selection of special, specific coffees that are different from anyone else's taste. Just answer a couple of questions and you'll get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee with more than 750,000 positive reviews. Right now, here's what you do. Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 bucks off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for 30 bucks off and free shipping. Also, when you're on, on there doing these surveys and stuff, make sure you use IPVanish when you're on the internet. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes, so they will know what kind of coffee is best for you. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the Internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the Internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right. Um, this is where it hits the skids for me and for Dan, but uh, especially for Dan. Matt Brown. Uh, pick em fight with Brian Barberena. We had Matt Brown, minus 110. We thought he was better than Barberena in every aspect of the fight. And one judge agreed with us. Um, actually, we thought that heading into the fight, and then one judge agreed to us after the fight that uh, Brown was a better fighter. I 
I had Barbarina winning this fight. He did the more did more far more damage than Brown. He had Brown on skates a bunch of times in this fight, and he would have beat a a lesser man than someone who calls himself immortal. So damn good fight, one fight of the night, uh, along with Curtis Blades winning uh, performance of the night bonus. Um, but yeah, damn good fight. Um, and even though I picked Matt Brown, I had Brian Bam Bam Barbarina, the farmer, winning this fight. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. Um, I, I was pulling for Matt Brown. I actually think so. So I gave I gave Barbarina round two, and I gave Matt Brown round one. Uh, so going into the third round, I had him even, and then I actually had yeah. Matt Brown leading probably up until forty five seconds left, uh, and then Bam Bam just started teeing the fuck off on him. Uh, you know, just landing big bombs. He had him wobbly a couple of times in that last minute. Like, it, he just completely changed the complexion of the fight at the end there. Um, and he might have been pretty close to being ahead already, but, like, that really sealed it. Um, by the way, did you did you happen to see what the folks at Sharedog scored this fight? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can guess. I can guess. So, one, they were so on one, scored it for, one scored it for Matt Brown and two scored it a 29-29 to 29 draw. <laughs> oh great of course yeah of the course. old 10 10 round oh. also also common yeah. <laughs> or or was it 10 8 did, did they give it 10 8 and, no they and, gave it tw- and, they called the fight 29 29 i know but they could oh okay right 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 yeah so that would be right. two eight, that, yes. that would be a 10 10 round somewhere in there and i, I dare you to find oh, a round in yes. there that's 10 10 like you, you can't oh, you, God. as close as some of those rounds are none of them are 10 10 <laughs> yeah yeah, every time I thought, all right, Brown Brown won this round. He he got like almost murdered um, shortly after I thought that. So uh, which swung it to to Bam Bam. So uh, despite having the a long-standing top turtle stank on him, he uh, I guess he's got a lot of stank on him if he's the farmer, right? So yeah, <laughs> he did. We did talk a bunch about farming too. Uh, you did, I know. In the last <laughs> episode, if you want to learn about farming, uh, sustainable he talks farming, all the, you can, yeah. Really interesting, sustainable farming stuff. It's true, it's true. So it's 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 hard to really be go against other other man, um, especially after that performance. So I, I I'll accept the L uh, graciously in in that fight because it's not like I want to see Barbarina or Matt Brown lose the fight. So yeah, it it was a good fight regardless. They both get an extra fifty k, which by the way, I feel like we we didn't mention bonuses already, but but three of them or two of them are already gone here. Curtis Blades. Uh, got his bonus, and yep. then these two get fight of the night. How in the name? And, and granted, we're going to talk about another great knockout. How, how in the name do you not just dip into your wallet for one extra bonus and give it to Alexa Grasso? Oh my God, what a yeah. great the, performance! The, the by blew the, her and she get, the, they blew all their money last uh, week in in London. They're totally broke now, Dan. They're totally. They, they gave it. They gave it a fucking like the bonus given a fucking Patty Pimblet for getting jacked up in the face and tapping out a guy he shouldn't even be in there with. And meanwhile, Alexa Grasso doesn't get one. It's foolish. Ridiculous. Um, but anyway, back to my point. Exciting fight. Great fight. Uh, you know, I don't like seeing Matt Brown lose either, but it's probably at this point in time, Brian Barberin has got more hope to, like, crack the top 15 again than, than Matt Brown does. So maybe it's good that he won in the, the end of days. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, that was the last fight on his contract as well so you would assume he's going to get re-signed but but who knows on browns or on barbarinas 
Barbaranus. Barbaranus. Oh. So. Yeah, they've uh, they let Alexis Davis go on uh, off of a uh, off of a win, so who knows? So hopefully, uh, a, a I wouldn't. Win in I would losses, though, right? After that performance, <laughs> yes, exactly. Plus, after that performance, I don't. I think Barbarina should be good to go going forward. So uh, anyhow, good fight. I don't think there's really anything more sig- significant to say about it than that. Uh, next fight was very significant, even though we lost. Um, Oscar Askarov, we had him at minus 350, and he lost to Kai Kara France. It's probably the biggest, not probably, the biggest win of Kara France's career because it's putting him right in, possibly next in line for a title shot, and he's already getting badmouthed by Devisim Figueredo, the current champ, So, um, which is which is good uh, to set up a fight. So, unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28, His wrestling defense was on point, even though he had Askarov on his back a few times, but uh, it was on point enough to to grab a couple rounds. Again, um, didn't have a problem with this decision, and we got this one wrong. I guess we underestimated KKF's um, wrestling defense. We knew it was good, but we just didn't think it was going to be uh, on the level that it was on. I actually think it wasn't so much that. It, it was more we, we underestimated how tired Askarov would get fighting that style of fight. Um, because not that, like, yeah, like, like I think towards the end, after after throwing hands with Kai Kara France early in the fight, I, I think he looked tired and like he couldn't close that distance like he was early in the fight to get those takedowns. Um, and, and when he did, don't get me wrong, Kai Kara France had good takedown defense, but like early in the fight he didn't. Early in the fight, Askarov took him down easily, and just like after he had been hit a few times and after, back. yeah, yeah, and and I mean like he almost tapped him. You know, for being honest, like this was almost an Askar Askarov first round submission, um, which is you know sort of how I saw this fight going. Uh, and it just yeah it looked like he, after you know working so hard for the submission in the first round and then getting hit a couple of times in the second round, it just looked like he didn't have the juice left. Um, he took his back in the third, but could only keep it there for like a second because he was sliding off and just looked like he didn't have it anymore. So. Um, yeah, like I, I think ultimately that was his undoing. Yeah, do you think that was due to his time time out of the cage, or do you think that was Kai Kara France just bringing it to him? I mean, I, th- I think it's a little bit of both, probably. Um, it's a style of fight that I don't think he was expecting to get into as much as he did, right? Because like he expected Kai Kara France to want to throw hands, and he expected to not oblige him, uh, and then he kind of had to in that second round. And I think it yeah. took a lot more out of him than he thought it was going to. And, and sure, like, maybe some of the time away was part of the reason why he didn't get the finish in the beginning. So, you know, you can you can blame a little bit of both. But at the end of the day, it's also just a really great execution of a game plan by Kai Kara France. And at the end of, end of the day, our pick, Askarov being champ at the end of 2022, is also busted now. Yep. yep. Hope, you didn't, uh, hope you didn't wager on those futures. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nope, because we, we, we're we spamming apps for that one. Um, we spammed another app here. Dan spammed six apps in a row here in the chat. Um, what, what, what are apps? Apps, <laughs> apps or F- fails? Oh. Fails. Oh. See, I thought, it, I, thought dropping, fails, apparently. I, I thought you were dropping F bombs in the chat. <laughs> I thought it was too. I'm like, oh, I thought too, but no. Um, maybe kids don't swear. That's oh, true, but maybe kids don't swear anymore. I don't know. Um, we, yeah, we, we got this one wrong as well. Uh, I said we haven't found the ceiling for uh, Slava Klaus, Vyacheslav Vorshev yet. 
uh, we found the ceiling last night. Um, he can't wrestle. And he got out-wrestled by a man known for his striking, Mark D. Casey, and we lost his pick. He got out-wrestled for three straight rounds by a British man who, stereotypically, the British are uh, thought to be bad wrestlers in MMA, um, and a guy who started, or at least earned his reputation as a striker, he totally outclassed Borshev on the ground. Yeah, I mean, so I'll say this. He did get a reputation as a striker, right? Because we remember some of those big knockouts early in his career. You know, the, the one that sticks out to me is when he, you know, just flatlined Tamu Paklin. Um, You know, he, he stood and tried to trade with Dan Hooker until Dan Hooker took him down. But, like, I think people forget that Mark Casey is a competent wrestler. Um, He beat Lando Venata that way. He beat Joe Duffy that way. Like, when I broke down this fight, I didn't think – Mark Casey wasn't going to try to wrestle, but I did think he wouldn't be as successful to get nine takedowns and dominant top pressure on Slava because, you know, my read on Slava was that he is a great striker who sometimes gets taken down but is quick back to his feet, and Casey just made sure that that was not the case in this fight. So, you know, props to him for going in with the right kind of game plan. Uh, uh, props to him for actually execu- uh, executing it. Did you see um interesting I think it was on his Instagram story uh Slava Claus says he is not going to accept another fight until he fixes his problems which is uh I think I'm happy about but at the same time it would like Oh really? Yeah, it would suck to see him walk away for that long. Yeah. I mean unless yeah, he thinks it's like fixed in 4 months. <laughs> yeah. Good luck fixing those problems there, cause, Yeah, it's true. Uh yeah, cuz he got a, a class that's for sure. Then, um I got this one right, Dan got it wrong. Haha, Neil Magny um, the analysis that if, if he turned this into a, a striking battle, he, he would uh, be in trouble was was kind of correct until he realized that he had the length and uh, and used it against Griffin. Griffin had a very good first round, but Magny turned it on after that with his amazing cardio. Minus 240 at him. I hit that one. Um, so now he's got the most – he's tied for most wins in welterweight history with George St. Pierre, and I believe he has the most decision wins now in welterweight history as well. So Neil Magny keeps on keeping on. Yeah, um, impressive. How did you score this fight out of curiosity? I had Magny winning. Uh, I think I had first round for Griffin and then the last two for Magny, I believe. That's what I had to. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty clear. Actually, I think about it, yeah. Yeah, I think it was close in the second round, and I think that's why one judge uh, had it for Griffin. But ultimately, I don't. I don't think that was the right call. And even though I picked Griffin, uh, I had scored it for Magny too. Now, I also know you're a professional wrestling fan. What did you think of Neil Magny doing uh, Kevin Nash's jackknife uh, in the middle of a fight? Yeah, he powered. Yeah, he powered. That was like when Kevin Nash did that to – you remember when Kevin Nash tried to do that to the Giant and dropped him right in his head? It was kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, it was pretty much right there. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, my son was in the room then. I'm like, whoa, he's doing a power bomb. Check that out. Yeah. Crazy, but yeah, good performance by Neil Magny. Like, what can you say? The the guy uh, keeps on getting it done. Yep, and uh, he does it in a slew of different ways that are always crazy frustrating when you picked against him. And I do seem to pick against him quite a bit. <laughs> yes, yeah, apparently you do. So I, I did those fights out of order. Actually, that fight was uh, before the DKC Borshev one, but they switched the order up on me based on what I have in my spreadsheet, but who cares? Uh, so that concluded the main card, because we lost the one fight that was supposed to be on the main card. So I ended up going three and three on the main card. Yuck. Dan went four and two. That's why he has a podcast all about the prelims, right? 
two and four. You you just gave me extra wins, but yeah. Oh yeah, two and four. Excuse you. me, I made you better than you are. <laughs> You're welcome. I should have just let that go, but you know, I'm I'm an exactly. honest guy. I'm an honest guy. If I'm nothing else, he is an honest guy. You know who else is honest? The good people over at Stable Doodle, Dan. That's a that's a segue for you. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duo, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuo.com. Muscle games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuo.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with our friends at StableDuo. And finally, PropSwap. Finally, last but not least, we're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is in full swing, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every tournament, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock in a profit. Like Dave from Chicago who purchased a $100 80-to-1 North Carolina championship ticket on PropSwap in January and then resold it on PropSwap for 500 bucks. But as, as we're recording this, North, North Carolina is still alive, so maybe he will regret selling that ticket. But anyhow... Use promo code SGP when you make your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a free deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP when your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the Real Sports Betters on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, moving on. Prelim time. This is where you should shine, Dan. You have a prelim primer podcast. So this is where you obviously did good in these picks, right? I, I did better in these picks. I got I got 500%. <laughs> I, I went 500 here. Yeah. Mediocre. But we start things off on the, the wrong foot. Um, women's band weight. Sarah McMahon, totally out-wrestled. <laughs> Carol Hosa, Dan, did you, like I told you all along, her name is Hosa, not Rosa, but you were insisting it was Rosa, like like an American. Um, yeah, wrestling. Uh, wrestling is the name of the game here. And uh, Hosa did not turn things on and figure things out until, what, two minute, about two minutes left in the fight, and it was too late by then. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and I, I sort of outlined this when we were breaking it down about how there was a clear path to victory for Sarah McMahon, and it involved Carol Hosa being just a little bit too comfortable on her back when she got there. Uh, and I, I think that 100% happened. You saw her on the very first takedown attempt attempt to switch, and she should have just scooted away and got up, or she should have pushed the head right. down and tried to get up, and instead she tried to engage in it um, and somehow believe that she was going to out wrestle or hit a switch on an Olympic level wrestler. Um, and you know, it, I, I think that cost of the fight, it was, it's crazy that Sarah McMahon's doing this at 41. Dude, like I can't believe she's still beating top 15 women at that age. Much younger women as well. Yeah. And, and she looks cut as hell. 
She is in such yep. good shape for somebody who's 41. Yep, for and uh, mother of two, I believe, as well. So throw that in there also. So, um, uh, yeah, she's damn impressive. <laughs> Hats off to, to Sarah McMahon today. Impressive performance. So uh, she she looks like she could she could be uh, um yeah it looks like she, she could be still be trouble for up to Dana Baccarel. Very one dimensional performance by him. Uh, headhunting Chris Gutierrez minus 128. Didn't headhunt, but he ended up getting that hat. Uh, I believe it was a spinning back fist, correct, Dan? Plus 128 that, for me. Second round, 234 correct. into it. That's correct. And this is one of those ones, like I, I mentioned before, razor close margins. analysis here, Dan? Yeah, I mean, razor close margins here, right? Because Dana Baccarel, I think, is winning this fight uh, up until he's not, um, which is, you know, the way that fights go. But, like, I gave him the first round. I thought he was winning the second round. And it just so happened that he ate that terrible spinning back fist and it was over immediately. So, um, again, just like one of those ones with with super close margins. Also, I just looked it up. He, on all three judges' scorecards, took the first round, so I wasn't crazy. Um, so, yeah, you know, like I felt like my read was good on this one. Baccarel uh, doing the damage. Baccarel picking up the, you know, the pressure and in, in winning the fight that way. Uh, and ultimately, you know, when somebody lands a spinning back fist... It just doesn't matter sometimes. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Um, yeah, Baccarat was very, uh, like the, the announced team, drilled home. He was very one-dimensional, and I think I tired him out as well, uh, just going all out with the, trying to knock out uh, knock out Gutierrez. So um, still a young guy. Hopefully he can uh, maybe fix his, uh, his approach a little bit, uh, fine-tune things a bit. Uh, next fight, got right. Um, Kizriev. Uh, um, beat Tui Luilin, who they were saying his name incorrectly, I believe, on, on the on the uh, on the show. They were saying what Tululin or something. They weren't saying it as fun as we say it. Tui Luilin is how, <laughs> how we say it. Alice Hob Kizriev technical submission, rear naked choke, round two, one fifty eight. Oh, Gutierrez got the bonus as well. Jumping back to that. Uh, any analysis on this one? Yeah, I don't think Kizriev is that good. <laughs> He looked really no. bad on it's the true. feet. Let's talk about welterweight. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's better. He also, did he make a signal when he got up on the cage after winning that he wanted, like, did he, like, put a belt around himself? Did you see that? No, but it wouldn't surprise me. It, it just makes no sense. Because, like, gone. it was a miserable performance as a negative 1,200 favorite. Like, there's no reason he should feel good at the end of that one. Um because, like, he got tagged a whole bunch of times on the feet. He didn't look particularly great. So, you know, you know. Take your debut win. Uh, say something like you're cutting down weight, uh, but definitely don't don't put your belt on yourself. Yeah, that number got crazy. It, it, like we got it for in the four four fifty or something, and it up in the twelve hundreds. Yeah, that that's pretty insane. Very very insane. Skype place fun with me here and puts long delays between us talking. All right. Um. Oh, our girl. Okay, they were saying her name incorrectly, which was making me very upset. Dan, it's Fioro, not Fior. Even uh, Anik was saying Fior. Yeah, I, I have no idea how to say French names. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've got it right. I will tell you that when I interviewed Manon Firo, uh, she did oh, not cor- she did not correct me when I said Firo. So I'm going to say it's allowed uh, for us to say Firo. Well, I have I, I can do you one even better there. Uh, the prelims were not on TSN up here. Uh, they were on the French version of TSN RDS, and the the commentators were calling her Manon Firo the whole time. So there you go. I'll take it. I'll take it from French people more than I take it from John Anik. <laughs> exactly. Usually you can rely on him. You can't rely on the bozos doing the uh, color commentary, but usually you can rely on him. But 
uh, to the fight, the beast um, looked very, very good in this fight. Um, Jennifer Maya actually looked better than we expected. I, I would have to say because uh, Firo, we were hoping she was going to finish her off, but no, Maya, Maya looked very good and tough. But yeah, uh, the beast looked every bit what what we've hyped her up to be. Super smart, long kickboxer with with very good wrestling, and she actually initiated the grappling a few times and, and did a judo toss slash trip, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, her stock is still going through the roof, at least at least in these parts. Yeah, and the the judo throw was so nice, and to do it to Jennifer Maya, I mean, like it, it just goes back to what I said on Wednesday's show. Like we know her as a long and smart striker and a dangerous one of that. But she also has really great wrestling, really great wrestling defense, some nice judo in there. Um, yeah, I think, you know, in, in my interview with her, she said after beating Jennifer Maya, she was going to want one more fight just so she could rack up some cage time and, and get a little bit more comfortable in there. But I think that's exactly where she is. She's one win away from uh, fighting Valentina Shevchenko for the belt. Can she beat Valentina Shevchenko at this point? I mean, I think there were some holes uh, in the performance against Maya that would give me a little bit of pause. Like I, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't super thrilled in in the fact that Maya kept hitting her, um, coming over the top with I think it was lefts she was throwing, um, and that's dangerous if you're getting hit with those by Shevchenko. But I mean, there was a lot to like if she, you know, she closes up some of those holes. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't think I would necessarily pick her to, unless the number got real big. Um, but I mean, like, who would you pick at this point in time against Shevchenko? Yeah, that's true. Um, I would prefer her to have a few more fights before she gets Shevchenko, but who knows? So then she called out Chukagian, who already has a fight booked, right? So that wasn't very good planning. Well, it could be though, because maybe she's just counting on she's counting on Chukagian beating uh, Amanda Hibas. Yeah. Um. I want to say that that fight isn't until June or something like that, though, which uh, then then yeah. it starts to be kind of a sketchy call out because at the end of the day, you don't necessarily actually it's only in the beginning of May. So, like, nah, who knows? That timeline might might add up if if Chokagian does get that win. Um, anyhow, well, we're we're still this is still Manon Fioro podcast. We're still um, guns a blazing for her. Uh, flyweights, Matias Nicolau. We hit this one, too. Uh, beat David Dvorak. Kind of a yawn-yawn fight. Uh, ended up 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Nicholas stayed on the outside. Dvorak couldn't really figure him out. Um, but a good win for uh, Nicolau, nonetheless. Yeah, I, I think I would have liked to seen a little more aggression out of him, but he did exactly yeah. what he needed to to win this. Um, so, you know, good on him. He's now 3-0 and since coming back to the UFC, though, um, yep. from his, his stint away. And it involves wins over Manel Kep. Uh, Tim Elliott and David Dvorak. So, hey, yep. who knows what's next for this dude, but he is right in the mix there. Yep, very much so. Plus, we got um, plus money on him, plus 112. Then we started things off. I had Luis Saldana winning at minus 115 over Bruno Souza. 29-28, um, 29-28, 29-28. Uh, I believe it was the right call, but maybe Dan has something different to say about that. This is actually the only fight I didn't agree with the decision on. There were a lot of people complaining about decisions on this fight card, whether it be, you know, the the Max Griffin one or the Matt Brown one or the Askarov one or, like, a lot of people complaining about decisions. This one, I actually – this was the only one I saw wrong. I thought Souza won that third round uh, based on damage, but the judges did not see it that way. So uh, – and the fact that all three of them agreed – 
made me feel like, oh, maybe I was uh, watching with biased eyes. The media was about split 50-50, so maybe I wasn't that far off. But um, regardless, it was a pretty fun fight. Saldana looked better than he had, um, especially with his head movement. What did Sherdog think, Dan, though? That's oh, let's know. hang on, hang on. That's, <laughs> that's the important part. Hang on, I gotta get, I gotta get on it now because if if Sherdog agrees with me, then I will, I will gladly concede and Saldana won the fight. But um, it looks like it looks like Sherdog went with Souza. <laughs> okay, so there <laughs> so you go. You were right. It was Saldana. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! All right. So that that concludes the event. Dan went five and seven. Um, lost almost five hundred bucks, Dan, because you bet a hundred bucks in every fight. You fool. Uh, for the year, he's still at sixty-one percent. So nothing to sneeze out there. Down six hundred bucks, so that is that is something to sneeze at. Um, I was right close to even before that were. miserable performance. Yep. <laughs> I went eight eight and four, which is right on track for me this year, and I was up seventy three bucks, which was disappointing because I uh, <laughs> over the first one two three, I went five. I started off five and zero oh with two underdogs to start the night off, so I was I was uh, riding high, and then the wheels fell off a bit. Uh, I'm at sixty seven percent. I'm up four hundred thirty bucks picking every fight, so it's. It's alive, Dan. 122 fights in. I'm still positive picking every fight. Positive money wise. It's insane. Yep. <laughs> Let's see if I can keep it going. Uh, all right. Recommended plays. Dan got skunked. Uh, Fiero via knockout. Big spamming F for that one. Uh, Batgarel, another F. Uh, Matt Brown, another F. And then Alexi Olenek would have been an F, but he didn't fight. So. Oh, but I get well, to keep that money at least. It's true. So 0 3. <laughs> 0-3, down 90 bucks, but still on the year. Recommended play, 61%. You're up 190 bucks. You're still 20% return on investment. Very good. Uh, I went 2-2 two two on my recommended plays. Fiero via knockout. Took it L on that. Blades via finish. It didn't happen the way I expected it to happen, but it happened. So I hit that one. Askroff lost that one. Fiero just winning outright. I hit that one. So I was still down 15 bucks. Um I'm at 59% recommended place and 11% return on investment. So we're still doing all right in that aspect of things. Um, anything else you have to say about this event before I put a bow on it, Dan? It was a pretty fun event for as many decisions yeah. as we had. Yeah, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out of 12. For, is that right? Yeah, nine out of 12 were. No, there are four. Nine, of eight, eight out of 12. Yes. Were, um, were decisions. So. And once again, the bonuses, Barbarina, Brown, Fight of the Night, Blades, Gutierrez, Performances of the Night. Um, and like I said, off the top, UFC is doing us dirty, and they're not doing a show uh, next week. we got to wait two weeks for UFC 273, Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie, Sterling versus Yan 2. Um, what else is on that card that's worth? Oh, of course, Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat Shimaev. Uh, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres, another good fight. Kelvin Gaston versus Nasruddin Imbabov um, wraps up the pay-per-view portion of the card. Um, what are we going to do, Dan, next two episodes with no UFC to talk about? And there's no real – there's some Cage Warriors. There's a CF, CES or something. There's not a, anything – any real events to cover. What there, do you want to there, do? There's a, really, there's a really good event on Saturday that you're missing. It's called XMMA4. Um, this promotion, XMMA, out of Florida, uh, although this event is going to be in New Orleans, uh, but the event, uh, the organization is out of Florida. They have been just basically signing any UFC fighter who is willing to keep their career going after getting cut. 
Uh, right now, there's 11 fights on their fight card as of right now, and there are 12 UFC fighters, former UFC fighters, uh, throwing down total. So, including being headlined by, you remember Francisco Rivera? Of course. <laughs> He's fighting John Dodson in the main events. Really? Um, yeah, and then there's, like, Zach Otto is fighting, John Doomsday Howard's fighting, Kyle Bochniak, uh, Jared Gooden, the one that you were pleased is no longer with. Yeah, with the UFC, Sasha Palatnikoff is fighting, uh, Cole Smith, who's pretty damn good, Curtis Millinder. You know, like, there are a lot of, uh, like, recognizable names on there. And the people who are not former UFC fighters, you may have also heard of, like, Angelusa. Uh, was on the contender series. He lost to Jack Della Maddalena. He'll be on the fight card as well. Um, you might know Louis Sandokis, um, who is a big name in Brave for a while in CFSC, and he fought in Pancrase. He'll be on that card. Um, Adley Edwards, who's a, a pretty hot up-and-comer, will be on the card as well. So, like, it's a, like, beautiful mixture of, like, former UFC fighters and guys, like, you should have heard of by now. Um, so maybe if uh, best fight odds drops odds on this. Maybe we'll do a little bit of an X MMA breakdown. All right, and that is Saturday, right? You said so. We, that is correct. Yeah. So next episode, you may get something to bet on next episode, DeGents. Um, but just to be safe. If anyone has any topics, questions, anything they would like us to delve into, uh, rather than hear us rambling uh, on a bunch of nonsense, then hit us up, Jeff Fox Writer on Twitter. He's Gumby Vreeland on Twitter. Or in the SGPN Slack, of course, uh, you can either direct message us in the Slack or go on the Fight channel in Slack and, and put questions in there um, to give us something else to uh, to talk about. Um, anything else we need to talk about here, Dan? Or can we put no, this one to bed? I think we can put this one to bed. Let's do it. Let's put it to bed. Um, so once again, thank you for listening to the podcast and subscribing to to our feed. Um, once again, Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer. He's going to be Vreeland. Um, subscribe to my Substack Money MMA.substack.com. Like I said, I'll have the fighter payouts for Last State's event as soon as the Athletic Commission sends it to me. So it'll be the official payouts this time, which is good. It gives us a good peek into how much the UFC is paying. A lot of commissions don't give out that info anymore. So make sure you subscribe to there. And I have a pick'em contest that runs for pretty much every UFC event too. So get in there and do. Do what? Hmm. Do your stuff. Spam dubs in the chat. That's what you should do. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let Dan take us home. So go right ahead. Broke, busted bankroll Vreeland. I'm Dan Gibby Vreeland. He is the Haitian sensation, Jeff Fox. And uh, we will catch you on Wednesday.